Welcome to the Level 10 Podcast. I'm Chris Gould, wholesaling and entrepreneurial expert. The Level 10 Podcast is focused on interviewing top entrepreneurs across multiple industries to identify what makes their businesses successful. Head over to level10official.com to learn about our courses, coaching, and much more. Welcome to the Level 10 Podcast, the place to elevate your business. We've got Kendall Ficklin joining us today. He's an investor that specializes in wholesaling to hedge funds, and he's got some awesome educational videos on his Instagram at Kendall Ficklin too. We're going to plug that down below uh, for you guys to find that. But with that being said, welcome to the show, Kendall. Thank you, sir. Good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. I'm really excited to have you on. And uh, you, you've got a great story from everything I gathered um, online, doing some research about you. So, you know, what I like just to ask is take me back to the beginning. Like, how did you get into the game and, and what was your trajectory to get to where you are now? Yeah, man. Um, so I kind of always knew about real estate. Um, I first got when I was 16, my dad had gave me the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Right. So this is like the classic real estate story. Right. Everybody yep. read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But um, when I was 16, I didn't really understand it right it was just one of those like i have the book kind of breeze through a few chapters and then it was like okay right i did it, it was going over my head right mm-hmm. um so fast forward um you know coming up when i was younger i started i've been in business since i was like 11 years old i started with a, a landscaping business when i was 11 years old um i actually had one guy working for me we took over like two whole neighborhoods right cutting everybody's grass and um, i just always been in business for myself i never worked a job before mm-hmm. so um and, you know, kind of being in that type of mind frame, um, I went from that, uh, you know, selling stuff in, in, in school, candy CDs, T-shirts. Like I used to make big CDs for people, all types of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, I used to be a barber as well. So I cut hair for a long time. Um, I started cutting hair when I was about 13 years old. But my my second major business, so my, my first real business was landscaping. Mm-hmm. Uh, my second major business was I used to clean up barbershops. So what we used to do is... We used to um, have different barbershops and we'll go in there, we'll uh, clean up the station, sweep up, kind of drape down the clients, clean them up, you know, stuff like that. And I was kind of doing this uh, on my own for a long time. So, you know, it was funny because um, during that time, you know, you were in middle school, high school, you ever heard like the Battle of the Bands? So Mm -hmm. like, um, okay, great. So they used to be the Battle of the Bands and I could never go and things at Six Flags and I can never go because I'm always working, mm. right? So um, one day, one of the guys who I work with at the barbershop, he said, man, why don't you just get somebody to work for you while you're gone and just give them a piece of what you're making? I was like, hmm, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like 13, 14. I'm like, yeah, I can do that. Okay, cool. So I started training up different little kids um, to kind of work for me at the barbershop so I could free up my time and I could actually go and have some fun on like a Saturday because mm-hmm. I wasn't having no Saturdays off. Like, right. Even right. to this day, I can probably count on maybe my two hands, how many Saturdays I've gotten like really off. Like when we say like mm-hmm. off, like nothing to do. Right. right. <laughs> so, um, you know, we started off uh, doing that and um, I just been kind of an entrepreneur ever since. Um, so from there, uh, I was in the barbershop, cleaning them up. Then I started cutting hair full time as well. And around this time, you know, we used to move around a lot and stuff like that. And this is also around the time where I started kind of getting into the streets a lot. I was selling a lot of drugs and just doing a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of street activity and things like that. And that went on for about eight years straight, you know, got married and everything. How I got into real estate per se was it was this was in May of what year was this? This is 2013, May of 2013. I got arrested and I was actually just got married like two months before. <laughs> like it was crazy. And it's like the end of the month of May, right? Wow. So I get arrested and the crazy thing is, is that I knew I needed to stop doing what I was doing because I felt it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like mm. I actually felt it in my spirit. Like, you know what? This is about to come to an end. They're closing mm. in on you. You might want to stop. Mm. Um, so, you know, like everybody else does, let me go do this one last big play and then I'm going to be done, right? <laughs> I am oh, going, no. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to save up. I'm going to do this, save up $30,000 and I'm out the game. I'm done. Mm-hmm. So I go. And I get caught with the, the the big amounts. Some you know, it was a some some stuff that happened where um, somebody actually like informed on me, and mm. I ended up getting caught with everything that I had just got for my last push. Right. Wow. So you know, 
when this happens, I'm like, oh my God, I'm facing like 10 years, do two years, right? So this is like, man, I can't do this anymore. I got a wife, I got a kid, like, what am I about to do now, right? So, you know, fast forward maybe a month or two after that, I'm riding in the car because I had to stop, right? Um, because at this point, I'm facing real time, right? Mm. So I don't want to risk my life anymore and not be here to take care of my family and do what I need to do. Right. So, and I was already feeling like I had to switch. So in my head, you know, it's like, man, what am I gonna do next? What am I gonna do next? So I'm, I'm constantly thinking about this. And one day I'm riding on the highway. I remember it like it was yesterday. This was in August of 2013. I'm riding on the highway and I hear a radio ad and it's a Rich Dad, Poor Dad seminar. Mm. on a radio ad I didn't even think twice I mm. just picked up my phone while driving and I called and I said yes yeah, sign me up right nice. so um it was like ordained so I mm. went to the event you know it's the free seminar right um I get there now by this time this is two months later I'm I'm done hustling I'm not doing none of that anymore um you know we we spending crazy money on lawyers just trying to get through the situation and so I really don't have it right mm. so I'm at this free event and then they do the upsell at the end for the for the three hundred dollar advanced boot camp. So mm -hmm. I'm like, this is like I'm not gonna say it was my last three hundred, but it was not like a three hundred I had. You know right. what I'm saying? Like everything had to go to to everything. So my wife, she actually went with me, and she said, um, she was sitting there, and I was like, dang, babe, I think this might be it. I think this might be the one. Like this might be what I what I could do to actually like, you know, take us to a different level because they, they, was, they weren't necessarily diving deep in wholesaling, mm -hmm. but they were just given so many different um, investing strategies that you can do within real estate. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, you don't need a license for any of this. Mm -hmm. So, at, you know, so, at, and you don't need any credit, nothing like that. So I'm like, oh, this could work. Right. right. So I, I signed up for the $300 class. So I go to the, the three-day advanced bootcamp. So it's all day for like three days straight. And I'm in there crazy notes. I still have my notepads from back then, like mm -hmm. all the notes of everything I took, right? Um, so at the end of that, they hit you with the $30,000. So I'm like, okay, I'm out now. <laughs> There's nothing I can do. I don't have credit cards. I don't have nothing. There's nothing I can do here, right? Jeez, so 30K, yeah. that's a big upsell. Man, a huge upsell. I'm like, <laughs> from 300 to 30K, geez. And everybody's back there swiping the credit cards. They're like, oh, you have your man. credit cards. Mind you, at this time, I'm like 23. I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't have 30,000 on a credit card. Like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. So um, at, at that point, I was kind of done. So I took that information, but it has sparked in me that, you know what, I think that this might be something that I can actually do. Mm -hmm. uh, so a little bit of time goes on. So this is like August of 2013 when that happens. Mm -hmm. So fast forward, maybe about five or six months. Um, I'm now I'm in the barbershop still cutting hair full time. So this is how I'm making my money because when I had got arrested, I had lost 70% of my revenue. Like mm -hmm. the streets were accumulated for 70% of the money that I brought in per month. Mm -hmm. But the other 30% came from the barbershop cutting hair. Mm -hmm. So that's gone. Now I have to live on 30%. And mm -hmm. I still to this day don't know how, it's only God. I still don't know mm -hmm. how I did it, right? I still don't know. Um, so during this time, this is kind of what you heard like in, in the interview when I was talking about how we going through moments where I'm scraping change together to, to be able to, you know, feed the family and buy groceries and all of these things are happening during this time, right? Um, so what I do is, it's about six months later, I'm in the barbershop, I'm cutting my guy's hair, me and my guy, uh, DJ, I grew up with him since seventh grade. Right. So we known each other since he was like 12 years old. So I'm cutting his hair and I'm like, so he, he knows me, knows me. Mm -hmm. So I'm cutting his hair and I'm like, man, you know, this real estate thing, I'm thinking about doing it. Um, you ever heard of a guy named Larry Goins? Uh, no, no, I haven't heard of him. Okay. So Larry Goins, he, um, he was like an educator and mm -hmm. he had a program where it was, it was basically a seller finance course, basically. Right. Um, but seller financing cheap properties like five, 10, $15,000 house. Oh, oh, okay. I think I do know this one. Like kind of out in the middle of nowhere, you could get properties yeah, basically for free. Yeah, okay. exactly. It was called right. Filthy Riches. That, that was okay. the name of the program. Okay. That sounds it's, familiar. Yep. So I'm cutting my guy's hair and I'm just talking to him and I'm like, man, um, 
you know, I, I, I want to get this course, man, for uh, from this guy, Larry Goins. It's like $1,000. But, you know, I don't have it right now. I just need to keep stacking money so I can, you know, try to get it because I think that's going to be my next play. So um, I'm just talking to him, cutting his hair. And I'm not, I didn't ask him for anything. I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking about it. He said, man, uh, meet me over at Applebee's. It was across the street. Meet me at Applebee's when you get off and I'm going to give you $1,000 for your course. I'm like, are you wow. serious? Like, this was crazy. I'm like, insane i'm like dang like wow nobody's ever just like because he he really believed in me he mm -hmm. was like man i know you i said man you a hustler man you know how to get to it i've been watching you do your thing since you were 12 years old mm -hmm. and making things happen you're going to do it you're going mm -hmm. to have success so here take this thousand dollars go do your thing and i don't even want it back i was like wow, wow. like it was just crazy so that that really hit me like man my man really believes in me so i went got it got the course i didn't do no deals off the course right none at all but once again, every piece of information I got was just another stepping stone to get me to where it is that I was trying to go mm -hmm. as far as having some type of success in real estate. Mm -hmm. So now we're in 2014. I'm taking a course and I'm in my now, now I'm in my room. I'm just making calls now. I'm just piece. I'm trying to piece stuff together, right? I'm making mm -hmm. phone calls here, um, writing some letters, you know, sending some stuff. Matter of fact, I wasn't even doing letters at this time. At this time through the course, we were, um, I think they were teaching us about like, uh, pulling the list um, of list source mm -hmm. um, and doing some, uh, I forgot even what type of strategy I was doing, how I was even getting on the phone with leads, mm -hmm. but I was calling leads because I would be in the house upstairs in my room and my, my friends would come over and they'll see me. They'll be like, man, you still in here doing this real estate stuff? I'm like, yeah, like I'm, I'm just making it happen. I got the computer here, TV right here, some music in the background. Let's go. Right. Right. So yeah, um, I used to do that with the football game on him. Yeah, so I'm exactly. sitting there watching and I'm like, oh, and then the guy answers and I'm like, oh, uh, hi, uh, John, you want to sell your house? <laughs> Trying to shift exactly. focus. Touchdown. I mean, uh, John. Exactly, man. Yeah. So it was crazy, man. So, you know, I'm in here and I'm just working and um, I'm just remembering these days, even as I'm talking to you now, I'm just remembering because I don't tell the story that often. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm just flashing back, remembering like, man, that was the grind. So, mm. um, man, it, it, it now comes to about this is maybe about a year later, August of 2014. So I run across a guy now. And now at this time, I've just been kind of dibbling, dabbling. I made $250 um, during that time, mm -hmm. uh, basically bird dog, basically. Right. Yeah. So I, I got a lead. I gave it to somebody else. They gave me a $250 fee. So that was I made some real estate money. Right. $250. So um, I'm like, OK, cool. So maybe about a year later, August 2014, this is where I hear this guy, uh, Jay Morrison. Mm -hmm. uh, so I see him. And the thing about Jay was I'm from New Jersey. So Jay Morrison, he was from New Jersey. We had the similar backgrounds. Mm -hmm. He was a drug dealer. He got arrested. He mm -hmm. switched his life, came over into real estate. And the crazy thing is, is that when I saw his story, that's when I realized that, oh, I can really do this. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't know because I'm I'm me. I thought I was gonna have to have suits. Like people were telling me go get a, a black suit, a navy blue suit, a gray, all this other type of stuff, right? And I'm like, man, I'm not this kind of guy, man. Like right. this is just not my style. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm trying to force the issue, but subconsciously, I'm not really believing it. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like I'm not to that point yet. Um, so when I see Jay, I say, Oh, wait a minute, he can do it, I can do it. Like Yes, I could definitely do this. I can still remain me. I don't have to change who I am. And I can still do this business because over the years, Chris, man, I'm, nobody cares what color you are. They don't care what your background is. They just want to know, can you buy my house for sellers or do you have a deal for buyers? Nobody mm -hmm. cares. Nobody right? cares. Nobody and it cares. was it was crazy for me because I'm, I'm doing business with all types of people like and staying myself from all over the country. And that kind of opened my eyes up to say like, oh, this is definitely a space that I can be in and still remain myself and build something huge. Back then, I didn't even know about scaling and doing what I'm doing now with employees and all the other types of stuff. Bro, I, I just want to real quick that. before you go yeah. past that, I just want to say like, I think that that's one of the things I appreciate, appreciate about you most, just mm -hmm. looking through your content and even talking to you now is like, you just keep it 100 yourself. And yeah. like, out there's so many people that are trying to just be like somebody else and follow like you're like faking it after somebody and what i feel mm -hmm. like with you is like you just say it like it is and you'll be you just you you say it exactly 
the truth out of your mouth. You're not filtering it for anybody. Like yeah. I, you have this one video where you're talking about like working with hedge funds. And then you're like, if you're comparing it to like, if you're trying to hit on a girl and I'm yeah. like, bro, that's the perfect <laughs> metaphor. And I, I love that you would say it that way. Cause it's so relatable and it's just real, man. So I just want to just say like, dude, keep showing up like that. Cause I just love watching that, you know, as a consumer of your content, bro, just like keep on that track, please. Man, I appreciate it, man. Most definitely, man. That's something I, I pride myself on doing, just remaining me. Like if I can't be me, it's not, it's not for me, basically. That's how I look at it. 100%. Right. So, um, so I'll let you pick it back up. Sorry. I just wanted to give you a little encouragement on that. Oh, no there. problem, man. I, I appreciate it. Most definitely. So yeah, man. Um, you know, at this time I'm, I'm really kind of understanding that, you know, this is a place that I can be. And so, um, I'm going through Jay's program and as I'm going through the program, I'm learning about real estate, but it's, it's kind of like it's overview. I mean, it was $97 a month. I mean, what do you expect to get nowadays? Right. I'm thinking like, what do you expect to get? Right. Mm -hmm. But you are getting some base level information that mm -hmm. I did get and I did need to understand. Um, so December of 2014, this is where I met my mentor who, who I got my first check with um, December of 2014. I'm at an event with Jay. And I meet my mentor, his name is uh, Mr. Tycoon. So he's out of Atlanta. So I met him in December of 2014. I started training with him. This is when I first started finding out about Yellow Letters. Mm. Um, so I go, I go to one of his classes. I sign up with him. And the crazy thing is, remind you, money is still tight. I don't, I'm not having money. I'm just, I'm making enough to do what I need to do, but I'm not having a lot of money. So mm -hmm. I was already paying Jay. So I was like, I can't pay them both. I got to pick one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And mind you, this is how bad it was. They were each only a hundred dollars a month. <laughs> so uh, imagine how, you know, say how messed up it is. It's like, it I'm, I'm debating. Yeah. I'm debating whether who to pay a hundred dollars a month to like, this is mm -hmm. crazy. So mm -hmm. I called my dad and I'm like, man, pops, you know, I got to, I, I don't know what to do. Like I got one guy, he's actually here and he can teach me in person, hands-on. I got another guy who's online but I kind of learned a lot from him, right? So I'm not really mm -hmm. sure which way to go. So, you know, he said one line. He said, you know what to do. That's all he said. He didn't give me no which way to mm -hmm. go. All he said was, you know what to do. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay. Um, I went ahead and I, I, I stopped Jay's program and I went to go with my guy, Tycoon. Mm -hmm. um, he charged $1,000 down, but he was willing to make monthly payments. I can make monthly payments on that $1,000 back then. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, great. So um, I'm going to pay the $100. We'll go from there and then um, he'll just teach me. So this is December, 2014. So I started doing yellow letters in January. Now I'm talking, I have videos on my Instagram when I'm like, used to be in a bar. Matter of fact, there's a video on my Instagram now where I'm in a barbershop, like on a little ottoman with a handful of yellow letters, just like, you know, like with my tycoon shirt on, yeah. like back when I first started, man, I, I would be in the bed just handwriting them because they were too expensive to print from a company. Mm. <laughs> like I had to really like, you know, I'm driving for dollars. I'm, I'm not even buying lists at this point. I'm only driving for dollars mm. and um, I'm writing, handwriting the yellow letters because the company was charging, I think like back then it was like a dollar 50 per letter, yeah, maybe even two. Yeah, it was expensive. So um, for me, if I could just get a stamp for 49 cent, buy me a, uh, some, some, some yellow page paper and some envelopes, I'm good to go. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I started off with the yellow letters and, uh, I would just be in the house and this is when my wife, she, she would even help me like at night, she'll be writing on the envelopes, like the addresses and putting the stamps on and I'll be writing the yellow letters. So we just sit here in bed all mm -hmm. night, just writing letters all night. So, um, I got my first deal actually through a yellow letter. Mm -hmm. So, I'm driving around and for driving for dollars in Atlanta. And, um, I sent a yellow letter to this guy and he calls me back, but he doesn't have that house for sale. He wants to sell a, another house. Mm -hmm. so I said, okay, cool. Um, so we, I meet him at the house, me, him and my mentor, we go to the house and the guy I'm so I'm like, Hey man, um, how much do you want for the house? So he's like, man, I want 5,500. So I told my, my mentor, I'm like, man, he wants 5,500. Exactly. Right. 5,500 in Atlanta. Shh, Jesus. Damn. I wish I would have kept the deal. I'm so, I'm still mad to this day. I sold it. Right. So, um, but I'm, I'm not mad because it was, it, it showed and proved what I needed to, what I needed to see. Um, but my mentor, he said, go tell, tell him we'll pay him 3,500. I said, 3,500. We're already getting it for 55. Like, what do you mean? Like, I'm so uncomfortable. I'm like, what do you mean? 3,500? Like he said, just do it. Just do it. I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm talking to the guy. I'm like, man, we can give you 3,500 for it. 
So he's like, uh, let's just meet in the middle at 4,500. So I said, right. Are you serious? Okay, great. So we do the contract, right? Everything like that. And I got, now I got my first contract. Now mind you, I'm still cutting hair, still in the barbershop. Mm-hmm. I didn't retire from cutting hair until 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm still cutting hair and I'm in the barbershop. So how we used to dispo the deals was we would put them on a uh, Craigslist. Mm-hmm. That's how we moved the deals. And we would do like, I think we, we did a little bit of Facebook back then, maybe, maybe not, but mm-hmm. Craigslist was my dispo strategy. Mm-hmm. So I have the deal. I have it on Craigslist. So I'm in the barbershop, right? I'm cutting hair. Boom. Got a client in the chair and a client waiting, right? Now I was good at cutting hair. I was real good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I had built my clientele up at this point to where I'm like sustaining, I'm making about four grand a month. You know, I can take care of the bills. You know, we're good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm in the barbershop, I'm cutting hair. I get a phone call. He's like, Hey man, I, I see that house on Craigslist that, that you had. I'm, I'm interested in buying it. Now I marketed it for 15 K. I said, okay, cool. Um, what you, what do you want to pay for the house? He said, uh, 15K. I'm like, like 15,000, like what I have it listed for. He said, yeah, I want to pay 15,000. I'm like, okay, well, when do you want to do the deal? He said, um, are you available now? I said, you want to do the deal like right now? Like, <laughs> like, I'm confused. He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, hold on real quick. So I called my mentor. I'm like, hey, now I'm in the middle of cutting hair. I'm like slicing up somebody's right with the, the with the phone in your ear. Yeah, with the phone in my ear. I'm like, hey, tycoon. Um, this guy, he he just called me. He interested in the house. He he want to buy it. He like, okay, relax, relax. Like, let's get some get get, get your contract mm-hmm. and said and tell them we want two thousand dollars earnest money. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I called the guy back. I'm like, hey man, we can do the deal. Um, I'm gonna need two thousand dollars earnest money, and then I can come and meet you, and we can do the paperwork. I we, I can meet you over at the house. He's like. Okay, great. I'm actually in the area. I'm only like 15 minutes away. How soon can you get here? I have somebody in the chair. I'm like, you ready right now? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. So my guy in the chair, I tell him, I said, hey man, I gotta go. Cause <laughs> like this guy, I gotta go sell this house. Now, mind you, um, my, these are my clients. So they know what I've been through. They, they know I came from the streets. They know I've been working on real estate. They know like, this isn't just a random guy. This is a real client I've been cutting for like a few years. Mm-hmm. So he knows. So I'm like, man, I'm gonna have, he got to finish you up, man. I got to go get this, this, this. He like, man, go do your thing. I leave him in the chair, wow. <laughs> like halfway, halfway cut. And I go meet this guy and I go do a contract. He gives me four or $500 money orders. So, and so I'm like having $2,000 earnest money in my head. I'm like, holy shit like it's, it's it is real like i can't believe it yeah. yo. I'm, I'm so hyped I, you would have thought i closed it then like right. i'm so hyped bro like i i went and met my I, I mean i went back to the hood i went so my bros i'm like look i told y'all i told y'all mm. like we can rent it's for real man we go to go to the chinese spot we just sitting outside eating chinese food i'm holding mm. just money orders eating my sesame chicken like i can't believe it wow. so uh, i got the um the contract and the money orders and um i talked to my mentor he's like now look, you can't spend that two grand yet because that's earnest money. The deal isn't closed yet. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. Right. So I take it, I deposit it into my bank. Um, I don't touch it. I don't spend it. Um, and I just waited, but he wanted, he wanted to close like seven days later. So I said, okay, great. So, um, we went, we opened up escrow at a title company downtown. This was at where, where my, I closed my first deal at, um, Halpern and Lyman closing mm-hmm. attorney downtown Atlanta. And uh, man, we just go there and uh, close the deal. I actually had my um, I had my my son with me at the time. No, no, my daughter. I had my daughter with me at the time, and um, you know she's there at the closing table with me and doing my first deal. So and it was a double close. So I actually got the sign on the paper. It wasn't even like a um, it wasn't an assignment because the owner he didn't want to see nobody else's name on the transaction but my company. He didn't want right. to see anything else. Actually. It wasn't even my company. I didn't even have my LLC then. It was just my name. Just your name. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I didn't do, I didn't have an LLC first because this mentor I liked because he wasn't into all of the hype. He was like, let's do a deal first. Then we can get LLCs. Then we can get all this other stuff. Let's, that. let's do a deal first. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I, now to this day, when I teach people, that's my motto. I said, look, forget all that. Let's do a deal. Then we can worry about that. Yeah. And um, if you don't have any money, like what are you protecting yeah. with an LLC? Like, exactly. Uh, are you going to take my $500 in my bank account from me? <laughs> exactly. I have nothing for you. Yeah. I have absolutely nothing for you. So yeah. um, we do the deal. Um, everything is closed and it's just amazing, man. It was a $10,000 deal, my first deal. And, you know, at that point, that's when I knew for sure, for sure, I was like, this is it. 
Like mm. there's nothing else. Like this is the move, right? Um, mm. This is where I'm going to go. So, you know, that's kind of what got me into getting my first deal. It's a long story, but dude, I love kind of kind of what got me, got me into getting my first, my first transaction done. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And I, I have some friends as well that used to hustle and then got into real estate and they were like, I can make this much money. And like, it's legal and it's so fast with wholesaling too. What? It's like, I remember when I first got into it, like I also stumbled along for a while and like my first deal, I made $3,000, but it took six months. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This one took me four months. Yeah. Cause this was uh, December to April to actually get it, get like my first one done with that mentor. It was like yeah. four, four, four and a half months. Yeah. A lot of people give up. And I feel like all that, like when you went and talked to your friends and we're like, look, it's real. Like all that, because before it, you're like, is this a scam? Is this too good to be true? All mm. that stuff like is so top of your head. And I, what you said there just made, reminded me like the doubts that were in my head before really like making it happen, you know, mm -hmm. and you just got to like press on and squash those with action, you know? Yeah. Sometimes we've been doing it so long. We can forget how we felt mm. in the moment of first starting. And even right. just talking about it now, I'm remembering, and it's even helping me out just talking about it. Cause now I'm thinking when I speak to my, the new students that come along and the new mm -hmm. people I teach, like always remember those doubts and those feelings that you had when you first started off, mm -hmm. because understanding and remembering that will help you connect with the people you're trying to teach and help. hundred percent. And yeah. also I think you know, you talked about God during your, um, your story there before. And I think I, I just connect that with gratitude is like, man, it's so, I'm so happy we're doing this. Cause I can look back and be like, man, I remember being out at like lunch with my friends and being like, I got to answer this seller lead call and mm -hmm. being out there and trying to do a deal. And like, <laughs> you know, it, it was so much effort for so little return in the beginning, Yeah, yeah <laughs> but like, definitely. you know, the, you, you got to love the game and you got to love just doing that part. You got to love like the hustle to make it to that first kind of above that first step or else, you know, you're just going to, I've seen a lot of people start and then give up because they don't like, they don't love the hustle and the excitement of it, you know? Yeah. That, that, yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the, it's the work part that, that gets people. This is what I found with all the people who, who I, who I've taught um, mm -hmm. and like mentored over the years what I notice is, is that you have to have a real desire and damn near a need for mm -hmm. the game. Mm -hmm. um, those who just do it, just, I just want to see, or I heard you can make a lot of money. So like when I got into this, I needed it. Mm -hmm. Like I really did. Mm -hmm. I, re I needed something. Mm -hmm. um, even as time went on and I was cutting hair, I was getting tired of that. Like I was getting drained from being in a barbershop. You're having the same conversations every day. Who just won the game? Who just lost the game? What's LeBron? What's the Dallas Cowboys? Or what's the Lakers? I'm so right. tired of having these conversations. It is killing me. Right. Um, and that's why, like, when I when before I retired in the barbershop, man, I probably was in the barbershop for about six months before I retired, just like hating it. I mean, to the mm. point where I wouldn't even go unless I had somebody to cut. And as soon as I cut them, I would leave immediately. Like mm. I didn't even want to be in the environment anymore because you start reading, you start being exposed, the exposure. Mm. Once you start getting exposed to different things, you start realizing, or you start outgrowing the, the, the areas and the influences that you were around before. And it don't hit the same. Like, man, 2017, man, I took my first real vacation, I would say. Mm -hmm. And th this was my first six figure year in real estate. So I did my first deal 2015 and my first six figure year in real estate was 2017. Mm -hmm. um, that's when I took my first real vacation. It was a, a $3,000 vacation. And um, I took the family and we, we was in a nice, and when I say three grand, that's for like the place to stay in. Right. So right. it was probably more than that. Right. right. For sure. But, it was more than that. Yeah, it was for, for sure more than that. So I'm thinking like three to five K. Right. So, mm -hmm. but we had a, um, a condo on orange beach down in, um, uh, down in Gulf shores. Mm -hmm. And it's a, a four bedroom condo. All my kids are there. My cousins are there. My, me, my wife. And I'm like, I have never stayed in a place this nice on vacation. Mm -hmm. Like I'm like, it was nice. <laughs> I said like, man, this is And what killed me that was so beautiful about it 
outside of just being there with the fam and being able to have them experience something that they hadn't before, mm-hmm. man, I made like 30 grand on vacation. Like wow. the wire, the wires were just coming in. Like, so mm-hmm. me and my, uh, me and my little cousin, we wake up in the morning. I'm like, yeah, you know, just think it just got a wire in 15, five, you know, just, just got a quick Bro, wire in. Like we in, we in the kitchen. Yeah. You know, we in the kitchen and making pancakes. Like, yeah, just got a wire in. Like, you know, it, and it's, it was just amazing, man. And that's what I love about this business, man. It's just that you can, you can literally, whatever your desire and needs are, you can do it with this business and you don't even have to be in love with it. As long as you're dedicated, mm-hmm. you can even use this to fund a true passion of yours. Yeah. And that, that's the beautiful thing. Yeah. That, so that, that, that's a good lead into a team now. So obviously you've got a team. Talk to me yeah. about the setup of your team and like who's in what seats and all that. Yeah. So right now um, we have, our team is comprised of, let's see, I have my transaction coordinator, uh, Erica. So she pretty much handles like all of our TC stuff. And my mom used to do TC for me, mm-hmm. but uh, we moved her to our listing department. So my mom, nice. she's over our listing department. So she handles all of our MLS deals, mm-hmm. um, everything that we put on the MLS as well. Um, I have two acquisition managers right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have one dispo manager, and then we have uh, HR slash payroll, who kind of handles all okay. the payroll and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So that's how our base level interior team is set up. Mm-hmm. But my whole company is virtual. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Everything is virtual. I don't do anything in office. So mm-hmm. the reason for that is I've always like moved around and never had to be in one place. Remember, I've never had a job. So I didn't have to be somewhere at a specific time. Even at the barbershop, I make my own schedule. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I want to come in at 10 or if I want to come in at 8 a.m. or 6 a.m., I can come in whenever I want. I just send a message out and I tell my clientele, hey, I'm open from these hours today. Right. So I used to want to have an office because I like to see like, um, you know, I, I see everybody, you know, ringing the bells, you know, the camaraderie. Like I'm like, man, that energy, man, it's just it looks dope. Mm-hmm. But I know it's not a sustainable model for me because mm-hmm. as the owner, I'm not going to be consistently in this office. There's no right. way I'm coming up in here every day, right? Yeah. So now if I'm not coming in every day and I don't have an operations manager, who's going to be setting the tone for the right. team, totally. right? So it's, it's a recipe for failure for me, right? For so sure. um, so I ended up creating every everything is virtual. So that's our base level team, our two acquisitions, one dispo, one TC, uh, one for HR payroll, mm-hmm. and then our listing department. And then we have 10 cold callers and um, our overseas who do all of our cold call marketing. Damn, 10. Yeah, yeah, we got 10 of them. Yeah, wow. So yeah, that, that's calls. what I was going to ask you is what are you doing for marketing and what mar- what areas are you marketing to? Yeah, so uh, for marketing, we're doing cold calling, we're doing texting, and we just started PPC like a month and a half ago. So that's been going all right. Uh, we're getting some leads in. We're, we're still trying to crack the code on PPC. I had a, I had a quick thought to stop it the other day. And then I said, man, just wait. You got to let it let it breathe for like three to six months. Because we were getting um, a lot of wholesalers who were coming off the PPC mm, as opposed, as opposed to like regular. Yeah, very frustrated as opposed to regular sellers. So um, are you marketing even, just to Atlanta or are you doing the whole state of Georgia? So I'm doing um, Metro Atlanta like and like all the counties surrounding it and i do macon augusta and columbus as well in in georgia so i kind of hit those pockets um and then we're also doing north carolina south carolina and florida for the for for the for the ppc so i kind of spread it around just to see like right now i'm just kind of testing and and Mm -hmm. seeing what i like um but Right, right now we, we just we're doing our cold calling, our texting, and the PPC. Mm-hmm. And I was I even had a thought to maybe take my PPC budget and go straight to I speed the lead that RJ Basin that RJ Basin them have mm-hmm. uh, because I mean the leads are right there. So if I'm going to be spending six seven grand on PPC every month, then I'm as I could take that same six to seven grand with already ready leads mm-hmm. instead of having to deal with wholesalers. Right. <laughs> and, right you know, and be good, but we've, um, uh, so mm-hmm. we've used need to sell my house fast. Do you know that okay. website? No, no, I never used that one. Okay. I think it's, I don't know if it's superior to I speed delete, but it's just like, it's like a bidding system. And so mm-hmm. whereas I speed, like multiple people can buy the lead usually mm-hmm. need to sell, like only one person gets it, but it's like anywhere from, you know, a hundred to 500 per, for each one. But we had like, uh, a couple of $50,000 wholesales come from that. Mm-hmm. But then we, but 
when you bait, when it's all said and done, it's still like a lower ROI than uh, direct mail is what we found. But, you know, you still get those pops every once in a while that are like, you know, a $53,000 wholesale is nothing to sneeze at. So, yeah. Um, uh, and then the other thing I was going to say, I don't know if you heard about this, but like I've interviewed a bunch of PPC companies and basically what they were saying is like, if you're not doing um, like a large area, if you're just doing one city, that it's, it's going to hurt your results. Is that what you found from your experience yes. too? Yeah. So okay. my guy who runs my campaign, he told me that when we, for, before we started, he said, you want to try to, if you, if you only PPC here in Atlanta, the cost per lead is going to be ridiculous. Mm. He said, you, you, you need to spread it out. Um, if, if you're in multiple areas, you need to spread it out. I don't know how or why it works like that, yeah, but that's why we're in the Carolina. So our main markets that we wholesale out of, uh, we're in Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina. Um, we're in Florida, but only Jacksonville and Orlando. Okay. Um, and we're also in Texas, the, the three main San Antonio, Houston, mm -hmm. Dallas, and uh, we're in Vegas as well. Um, so Dude, those are areas. That's so how do you handle like boots on the ground? Like, so you get a contract, you could do the mm -hmm. virtual sales process like we do, obviously. Yep. But then how do you handle boots on the ground pictures? How do you handle showings? Yeah. So basically what we do is first thing, first things first is I reach out to my network in each of the markets. So I pick my markets specifically to where I might have people at for the most part. So for instance, in Vegas, I have a brother that lives out there. Easy, right? He could be my boots on the ground. Charlotte, my mom lives out there, North Carolina. That handles that, right? Mm -hmm. um, Atlanta, that's our home base. We actually, we obviously have plenty of people. And what I do is I tap into my network of people that I know personally who have people in other areas. So mm -hmm. we have, we call them field reps. So we have field reps in Orlando and Jacksonville just from people who we know who have a friend that lives there. Right. right. So it, it, it makes it an easier connection. Mm -hmm. um, same thing like in Texas, we just reach out to people we know and find out if they have somebody that's a friend of theirs that they trust. Right. And then we bring Smart. them on because, yeah, because normally if they have like a trusted family member or friend, they can use a little extra, extra money. We pay a hundred dollars every time we go to the house, take pictures, put a lockbox on. Right. And then we'll give them another fifty dollars just to come and do the showing. Mm -hmm. uh, for the house as well. So off of one house, they might make $150 mm -hmm. just coming out and spending two hours, right? <laughs> right. Total, total, total worth of time. Right. So, um, that, that's how we basically find our, our people in those areas. Now, mm -hmm. when we get deals in areas that we're not necessarily like, um, what should I say? Like, uh, solidified in per mm -hmm. se. So like mm -hmm. we had a deal in Beaumont, Pennsylvania, right. <laughs> um, we know nobody there. Right. right. Um, so we had to find a real estate agent who might be. And so what we did was we get the deal in Beaumont. I listed on the MLS anyway, because we don't have like a huge buyers. List. So we take the deal. We want to list it on the MLS. So the, the, the realtor who lists on the MLS for us turns into our field rep in a sense. Right. Mm. So now they go out there, they take the pictures for us, they facilitate the showings, et cetera. And then they're going to get a commission when we sell it. And then we also give them a payment as a field rep, just in case it doesn't sell, you want them to be compensated in some way. So you have something in your contract that says we're able to market this in any and all ways, including the MLS or something like yeah. that, right? Yeah, exactly. It's part wow. of our um, investor, it's part of our investor disclosure uh, section on the contract. So in the contract, it states that we may pre-market this property on a multiple listing service. Um, we're going to be marketing this out to our different buyers. It, it, it spells it all out. We're going to, we plan on making a profit. We're going to resell or flip or do something to make money on this deal. So mm -hmm. it's all in the contract. So what that what that one paragraph gives us is the right to list on the MLS. And then we sometimes do an attorney in fact document. And this document allows us to sign on behalf of the sellers. So when we list the properties, if we need to sell to like be um, FHA or conventional or like even a hedge fund who won't do um, who won't who, who like because, for instance, there's a hedge fund first key they want title seasoned for like 30 days before they buy it from you. Mm. So I don't want to have take title. So how do I not take title? We do an attorney in fact document. Then we just place a little lien on it. We get a payoff at the end and then they can, they can close directly um, wow. with, with, with the fund, but we have the ability to sign on the seller's behalf, mm. all, all the, all of the paperwork. So Bro, by the that time it's powerful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's, it's solid, man. I love it. We're doing this right now on one in Ohio right now. And then another one in um, 
uh, Orangeburg, South Carolina, those two. Yep. The power of that, like, I just hope people are taking note of that. And so I guess I want to ask you about hedge funds, but before we do that, mm -hmm. is this something that you can teach people through your coaching programs or how, how oh, does yeah. that work? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so the beautiful thing about like, not just me, but people who coach and teach real estate who actually have a company and who actually do it, <laughs> right? Because there's a difference, right? Like you can right. teach real estate and you have you have done real estate or you can teach real estate and you do real estate. 100%. Right, two different things. So because I do it, you're, I'm, I can't help but to share what, I, what I'm doing. Like mm -hmm. I can't. I can't sit here and talk to you right now and know there's a way for me to, 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 to do something and then not, not tell you like yeah. how I just told you about how we're doing the attorney impact and stuff mm -hmm. like that. I mean, it's just my personality. I like to teach. I like to show people like how to do stuff. So, I mean, why would I not tell you, this is how we close this deal is if I'm going to make if, if that's the, if that's the case, don't mention the deal at all. <laughs> you know, right, like, right. like if you're not going to tell me, but yeah, man, this is something that I definitely can teach that we do teach. I teach it to my students. Um, I teach it to my people who work with us, like our, our team members. I try to stay away from employees, the mm -hmm. word, right. More like team members. Yeah, um, like so, that. you know, I, we, we all do the business, right. And mm -hmm. I include my team in my coaching as well. So like what we do is, um, we actually have our community starting up uh, next month. I'm kind of like doing like kind of like a season two. It's kind of like seasons, right? Okay. So we, we're coming out um, with our new community, but on our weekly calls, we're going to be doing like weekly deal analysis and weekly Q&A just on, on deals. So people mm. can come in and like, hey, these this is the deal that I have I'm working on. What, what price do you think I need to get it at? How can I sell this deal, right? Um, mm -hmm. And basically creating a space for people to learn how to underwrite, which is the key in today's market, especially with everything changing. If you can't underwrite, because you make money when you buy, you just cash the check when you sell it, right? So in order to make money, you have to know how to underwrite. So doing these every week, and I bring my team on, my acquisition managers come on, my dispo manager comes on, and they're teaching them like, hey, this is what we're underwriting. This is what we're doing. This is how we're getting our deals closed, right? So mm. everything we're doing, we can teach and we do teach as well. Mm. Um, and, you know, we just learning, you know, sometimes mm. and when we figure out something new, we make this tweak. Let's do it like this instead. Mm -hmm. Right. And then that, that's just how we do. That's all. Bro, you are like a soundbite machine. I'm like, that's going to be a soundbite. That's going to be a soundbite. That's going to be a soundbite. That's awesome. Um, so you uh, have on your profile that you specialize in wholesaling to hedge funds. And so we yeah. work with some hedge funds, uh, always trying to expand that. They're a bit of a different beast, obviously. And so yeah. I, maybe you could talk about that and also talk about some of the shifts that are happening and like how you're trying to continue working with hedge funds with them tightening if that's what you've seen yeah exactly yeah um yeah man i've been working with hedge funds since uh, my first hedge fund deal was in uh, 2017. um that was my first six-figure year first year i met uh, my first hedge fund and they actually found me because i sold them a deal but i didn't know that they were who they were mm -hmm. <laughs> um so they ended up calling me after the closing like man um do you get do you get these deals a lot? Like I wanted to build, build a relationship with you, man. And um, ever since then, I've started learning how to work with them and just building relationships. And for the past five years, we just been 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 rocking with hedge funds. And mm. what I did was when I started restructuring my business because I tried to create and like create my my company multiple times. I failed multiple times, right? Mm. Uh, and I finally got it down to where I have a strong foundational team. Like that team mm. I just explained to you before. That's our base, like these people, like this is my first time having people who've been with me for over a year and a half. Like mm -hmm. he's been for a long time, right? I mean, people who have started from cold callers and now up to acquisition managers, mm -hmm. right? So like they, they get the, they've been growing within the company. So what happens is, is that working with the hedge funds, what I've seen basically, well, okay, so it's two things. First off, when you work with the hedge funds, you have to be able to like, there's a strategy. You can't just treat them like cash buyers. If you notice when you used to um, learn and people would teach, uh, I think Tom Crow used to do this. Um, mm -hmm. You can't be a cash buyer employee, right? Mm -hmm. it, it was this thing, right? Where you don't want to, you want to have a big list. You don't want to capitulate to buyers. Well, that game does not, uh, that, that does not go for hedge funds. Hedge mm -hmm. funds are corporations. They're not regular cash buyers, mm -hmm. right? So you, this is like B2B. Even though 
I might sell a deal to you and we both have LLCs. It's technically B2B, mm-hmm. but this is more like B2C, not business to consumer, but business to corporation, mm-hmm. right? This is, this is kind of what this is. So you have to play that game a little different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the changes that, I, that we've been doing, that we've been seeing and some adjustments we've been making. Uh, first things first is we've been finding more hedge funds. Mm. because of the tightening restrictions, you need more players to play with, right? right? So that's the first thing we've been doing. So I have my Dispo manager. Every month, he has to get at least five new hedge funds. Every wow. Month. Yeah, that, that's, the, that, that's his target every month, right? Wow. So even like this month, he's up to three so far. We still got a couple, you know, a couple weeks left. So hopefully he can, he can get a couple more. Um, wow. But the reason for this is because they're... T- like week to week, they can change, right? So they, and so some of them are pausing buying here, stopping buying there. So there's this narrative that hedge funds have stopped buying. They have not stopped buying. We're selling deals to hedge funds still. Um, we Should we have maybe four or five deals on the board that are going to hedge funds themselves? Mm-hmm. But what we have done was we have noticed how they change their acquisition process. And what we do is we adjust with them. So when I first rebuilt my team, I restructured my business strictly on the way hedge funds do business. That's how I was able to get into multiple markets because what I noticed was I could trust the hedge fund's not gonna backdoor me, first off. So I don't have to worry about that. A true hedge fund is not gonna backdoor me. Um, They have inspectors. They don't always need pictures. So this Mm kind of takes away the field rep needs in Mm -hmm. in certain certain areas, depending on who, who you're selling the deal to. And they have a system, a systematic approach to how they do business in every market. So what I did was I said, let me get all of the buy boxes and we're going to go to every single area that they're in. And we're going to have a meeting with them on what their bread and butter. Like, if I send you this deal, this is what I did. You'll, you'll buy it regardless of anything. And we structured our marketing around their top tier preferred deals. Mm. So their buy box might say three bed, two baths, 1980 or better. But when we have a meeting, man, we really want anything 2000 or better, the newer the better. Mm, so when I pull right. my data, I'm not pulling 1980s, I'm pulling 2000s, even though the 80s will fit the buy box, right. right? This is how I get into a new market and actually make the money back instead mm-hmm. of getting into a new market and just spending and spending and not earning. Right. So once we do that and we and we establish a presence in the market, then we can widen up the marketing net to go 1980s. We can even go a little older, start finding local buyers there. Right. But we set the stage with the hedge funds in the market first. Mm. Right. So now that we've done that, we have a title company relationship now uh, because we've been doing some deals out there with them. If we needed a field rep to go out and take pictures, we have that already. And we have all of this in place before we deal with the local buyer who might not be as, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I don't want to say integral because I don't want to make it seem like people don't have integrity, but you know, you know, like, okay, for instance, when I'm doing a deal with a local buyer, I have to have a field rep representative there because they might talk to the tenant, the owner and do the wrong thing, right? For sure. When I'm dealing with a hedge fund, I don't really need representation there They because they're only sending the inspector. <laughs> right. <laughs> the inspector who who doesn't pay. care? He's just who there to, get care? to make his $100 from them. Exactly. It means nothing to them, right? And the crazy thing is, is that how I learned how the hedge funds worked was I actually did this thing. I'm, I'm teaching this. I'm um, kind of giving a, a, whole, a full breakdown of this in my course, but I'll kind of give you some insight too. I actually went and I became an inspector for a hedge fund just to see how they ran their numbers. Wow. Right. So yeah, because I was like, man, um, I want to know how are y'all coming up with these rehab budgets? Right. So this actually helped me understand how hedge funds calculate repairs. And the crazy thing is, is that plus or minus 10%, they all pretty much do the same thing. Right. So what happened was they would go in, take measurements, uh, of each room, they have they had a spreadsheet where if you just put in certain numbers, it'd kick back how much it cost. Mm-hmm. And I started to realize, like, damn, okay, houses that look like this, they're only spending thirty five k on these. Houses that look like this, these are forty five k budgets. These are fifty k budgets, right? So now I have a whole tier system on mm-hmm. how we actually calculate repairs for the hedge funds, and it works. It works greatly because now we have our hedge fund calculator that um you know my students get, and this hedge fund calculator we put it together specifically for hedge funds and like to calculate underwrite properties that meet their criteria. Wow. So it's pretty, it's pretty dope, man. I, I like it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, why don't you just talk to me for a little bit about what your coaching programs look like, what the mentorship is and kind of what all comes along with that. Yeah, man. So um, right now we'll, we'll be dropping our course. Uh, it's called wholesaling the hedge funds. It's a nine step system. And I'm really teaching people how to make a minimum 20 K per month. Right. I'm not going to promise you're going to make six figures a month, even though you can super like you, you can literally do it 50 K a month. You can do it. But what I do know is that if you execute the information, I can guarantee you a quarter million a year. That's what I know, because mm -hmm. I know how, because everybody who I've taught to do it, they all have the same results if they executed it, mm -hmm. right? That's the key. Like everything is based off the execution, right? So, and the reason I know this is because there are certain KPIs and certain numbers that just remain true in regards of anything. And I see it because we do this business every day. So I'm able to tell you, um, eight months ago, we were taking about 45 to 46 leads per contract and a half, 1.5 contracts. I can tell you nowadays, it's more like 56 to 58 mm. for every one and a half contract, 56, to 58 offers. Mm -hmm. I can tell you how we used to, I used to have my acquisition managers, their target used to be $200 a week. I bumped it up to $275 a week because you need more output mm. in order to get that the 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 the, the, the con, uh, you need more output in order to get the contacts to have the mm -hmm. conversations because you can't make the offers without the conversations 100% right so i've been able to kind of look at the numbers and i can tell you if you do this you should see this now mm -hmm. there are different little small factors like if you're just trash on the phone you might have a problem right but right. you know at the end of the day if you're decent and you use the calculator you know how to evaluate you can do deals Mm -hmm. um, so in, in this wholesale and hedge funds course, it's a, a, a main focus on how to find the hedge funds, talking to them, building the relationships with the hedge funds. Because, you know, for so long in our business, it was like a, um, a secret kind of sort of we didn't nobody said it was a secret, but none of us was really telling people, including myself, mm -hmm. how to go and get hedge funds. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, but it was one of those things that everybody wanted to know. How do you find the hedge funds? How do you find the hedge funds? Right. I should have dropped this course two years ago. Um, <laughs> honestly, I'm late. Um, but at the end of the day, this shows you, even in the course, I actually get a hedge fund live in the course, like, <laughs> like finding one from scratch from nothing. Mm. Right. So, um, it's, it really is very valuable. And what I teach is how the rules of engagement of working with them, the process, how to deal with them, how to qualify their deals. We actually have hedge fund specialty data this specific for hedge funds. So this data is the list that you're pulling and it's a proprietary list that we kind of put together now when i say proprietary list what i mean is we all know it's 150 million plus records everybody has the same data but how you comprise that data is going to matter when you're wholesaling your hedge funds because there's some criteria that they just don't want and mm. you don't want to be marketing to a lot of properties that they just don't want so it's deeper than just best bad square footage What's the school zone like? What's the crime rate like? Is there a flood zone in the area, right? Mm. What's the average median income, right? So for instance, you might have a property that meets, that, that we, and this is all through like learning experience. We had a property in Jacksonville. It met every criteria of a hedge fund. Year built, gross, gro annual gross yield, uh, repairs were very minimal. Mm -hmm. It was a 2007 bill. I'm like, what's the problem? Um, no flood zone, everything was great. Um, the school was even decent. Um, the problem was, is that the hedge fund said that in that area, the median income was not high enough. Wow. The one so, thing, the one thing. So the people in the area didn't make enough money for it to qualify as a purchase for them. Wow. <laughs> it, I'm like, wow. Like, and I'm, so I still learn new stuff to this day. I just learned this maybe four months ago. Wow. Like, and I'm like, are you serious? They're like, yeah. So they broke it down for me. So, mm -hmm. and the beautiful thing, what I like to do is I like to have meetings with mm -hmm. the hedge funds. So like a lot of people just send them deals. I'm like, no, let's get on a zoom call. This is how I figure out what's your gross yields. What's your net, what's your net, what's your net, your net return on investment that you need, your, your NOI. Like what, what are the things that you're looking for specifically for your deals? What's a no, what's a, what's a deal breaker for you? What's a no deal? What's a yes deal for you, right? Mm -hmm. And this is how I've been able to do, and I've done this with multiple hedge funds. So I've literally have figured out the science and the, I guess, the backroom meetings that they have on how they're figuring what is a deal and what is not. 
And based off that information, I got with a data scientist and we put together a special list with all these parameters so that when you pull this data, every house on here meets the criteria. Wow. Right. Dude, I'm signing up for your course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. Like, so man, like that alone is going to be a game changer. Like, I'm so excited about that part because like, it's, it's, it's different, right? And it's specialty, it's, it's specific and special for this course. Yeah. Like you pull this data, this is the data that you need. You don't got to go to list source or go nowhere. Pull it from right here. Mm. And you use this, find your hedge funds this way and then pull your data this way and then do your work. I love it, man. Where, where can we go to find this course and buy it? When is it going to be launched? Yeah, so this is, course is going to be launching next month um, in mm -hmm. November. Um, mm -hmm. Just you can just stay tuned with me on my IG. I've been okay. dropping little videos and stuff. We're actually going to be doing a webinar. Let me get my, my calendar out so I can get you the right date. We're doing a webinar on this particular, this is on November 13th. So November, November 13th. 13th, yeah, that's okay. a Sunday. So November 13th is when we're doing um, our first webinar to kind of launch it. Um, that's when the course will be launched on that okay. webinar. Right. Okay, so, awesome. yeah, so I'll be having everything dropping, um, coming out um, on that as well. Um, yeah, man. And my, my goal with it is to teach people like how to really do business with the funds, mm -hmm. because if we don't do business with the funds the right way, they'll stop working with us. Mm -hmm. This is what really got me to doing the course and then we can move on from here. Um, I was talking to one of my hedge funds, having a meeting with them, and they had just had a meeting with their higher ups and they were changing their pricing structure because they saw a guy on social media who did a $80,000 deal, showed the property address, the hedge fund name that he sold it to. Oh my God. And showed that he made $80,000 and it got back to the higher ups, the VP of the hedge fund. That's why we got $5,000 wholesale fee limits right now from Vinebrook. Exactly. Okay. So, you know, Vinebrook, exactly. Man, it's crazy. So even with that, I wanted to do business with Vinebrook, but they started putting the caps on. I said, yeah, we got to stop. Like there's nothing we can do with it. Like mm -hmm. I can't wholesale to you. Right. Yeah. So, um, but that right there, it pissed me off so bad because I said, man, like, you got to have some class. You can't just be out here like, okay, forget, forget with a hedge fund. We're all human beings, right? I don't care if people don't, I don't, I don't, you know, people say, I don't care how much you make. I don't care how much you make. Listen, man, if you keep throwing in somebody's face that you're making 80, a hundred thousand dollars off of them when they could have got the deal for 50,000 less, 60,000 less, they're going to feel some type of way. It's, it's no way around it. Like if you're a buyer buying homes to flip and don't let your margins be slim. And then you find out somebody's making 80 grand to hundred grand. You're going to be like, eh, your offer is going to start coming in a little lower. Right. 100%. So, yeah. So this particular fund, they started doing, they, they changed it to where if, if your asking price was, was 25% over what they were willing to pay, it's an automatic no deal. They wouldn't even negotiate with you. Mm, so they won't even if, look at it. They won't even look at it. Like wow. no underwriting, no anything, because they were so pissed that this guy came out here and just told everybody that they that they, he's basically killing them, and everybody made money off of them. Right? I'm gonna refrain from saying their name right now. Sure. Um, but everybody made hundreds of thousands of dollars off these people, including myself. Mm -hmm. But you don't put that out in the open right. on social media. So. Right. There's a level of engagement. There's a level of etiquette that you have to have when working with these corporations and doing yeah. this business in general. And I think that this course is going to help teach people that etiquette. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm not, cause we, nobody's going to stop, but I'm not, I'm not going to stop people from wholesaling and hedge funds. But my goal is, is that when hedge funds work with wholesalers is a pleasant experience. So they want to keep working with us. 100%. See what I'm yeah. saying? And, and if we keep doing things like that, they're going to stop looking at our deals, which is going to mess my money up. <laughs> 100%. I was just going to say, if, if things like that keep happening, well, I bet we're going to see policies of no wholesalers and then they're yeah. going to buy off the MLS and then mm -hmm. it just gets more and more difficult. So yeah, there was even uh, a hedge fund who did it. They, um, they, 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 they chopped down all of the whole, they was working, they were working with about 300 wholesalers, uh, but they only had about 16 reps in their company to work with all 300 wholesalers. So they actually cut down their reps from 16 to eight reps 
And then they made a preferred list of wholesalers. So if you mm. didn't do a certain amount of deals with them between a certain amount of time, then you couldn't be on that preferred list. And in order to sell them something, you have to go through one of the preferred wholesalers. Wow. Right? Because people wow. were just doing nonsense, right? So this is what happens, man. They'll get tight on you. So hopefully this course can teach people how to do it the right way so that, you know, we can continue to do business and make money as a whole. Awesome, man. Well, uh, thank you for joining us. I'll definitely post the link to the course once it comes out and Absolutely. would love to have you back on the show, man, but appreciate you so much coming on and, you know, you're the soundbite king, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> man, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on too, man. I really enjoyed my time talking to you. Definitely. Yeah, I, don't, I don't really tell my stories like that. So it's, it's kind of cool to be able to, you know, come on here and share. Most definitely. Yeah, man. It was awesome. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the Level 10 podcast. You can head over to level10official.com to learn more about our courses, coaching, and everything else that we offer. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, like, and share with your friends. Go out there and take it to the next level.